0: Hey guys, hope you all had a good Thanksgiving holiday. This week on the podcast, we're going to be talking about a recent upland hunt that we went on in northern Kansas with Ben Bredigan, who is our executive producer at Primo's Hunting. I think this is a really good episode, partly because I've said it before, one of the things I love about hunting the most is that you never run out of first. And upland hunting is new to me, and I'm falling more and more in love with it the more that I do it. So that's kind of why we talked about it. We talked about the hunt itself and things that how you can break into upland hunting for the guy that's just interested in it i think it's a really good episode so check it out and lastly i hope you're enjoying this podcast if you are do us a big big favor head on over to itunes give us a rating and write us a review it really does help enjoy the show rolling 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 you good you know i am (laughs) okay so um what we're we going to talk about this week. So, a little bit different topic than what we talked about probably for the past, golly, least it's ever since elk season, and it's been whitetails, 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 pretty solid. So, I think mix it up a little bit. Uh, we just came off Thanksgiving. Hope everyone had a good holiday. And I'm sitting here with Ben. And Ben and I just came back from a upland hunting trip that we went on in North Kansas.
1: Yep, it was a... Uh pretty fantastic trip
0: it was uh yeah like that's this we've done this two years in a row now yeah with our friends uh cody and jordy at heartland pride outfitters and they said up in northern kansas and i like i felt pretty pretty hard for the upland stuff last year because that was the first time i'd done it Hey guys, just want to take a quick second to tell you about the Cyber Monday sale going on at Primos.com. Lots of good deals. We're doing $100 off select blinds, free shipping on any orders over $25 or more, and a lot more. Head on over to Primos.com and use the promo code P hashtag save. That's P hashtag save. Head on over to Primos.com and check it out. Yeah, so I wanted to talk kind of about that trip kind of pick apart some of the stuff we did some of the stuff that worked Mm -hmm. um mainly because like like upland hunting is is something that i just doesn't see i don't think it gets its fair amount of shine
1: no it's uh, you know it's kind of regionalized but yeah across the country i mean there's opportunities for everyone so it's just it just doesn't get the love that deer and big game do but it's it's a it's a game of cat and mouse just like hunting deer but you can think about it a little bit differently it
0: it really is because like here's like the biggest the like going into it and it was even more so this year that i kind of because i guess like the more you do it the more you start i felt like i started to put more things together um especially because i had Knox with me this year Mm -hmm. so i was i was more involved yeah dogs were doing right and uh but like i probably the biggest misconception i had about that whole deal which um you know, where we were in Kansas, it was all pheasants and quail. Yeah. Um, But I just had kind of this picture in my mind that upland hunting, you just kind of go and you just kind of meander, walk around and shoot birds. Yeah. Like just kind of, you know, I mean, not like, I guess easy was the thought I had it in my head, Yeah. you know? It, yeah, it's just there's not a whole lot to it. You just walk in a line and. Which sounded fun to yeah. me. But not like that was not at all the case Mm-mm. last year or this year.
1: No, it's just like I mean, it's just like deer hunting. Certain areas are going to hold more birds, and after you do it a while, you just kind of know what to look for right. and, and kind of you know anticipate what the birds are going to do. I mean, it's exactly like it. Just like yeah. just like deer hunting seasons, they change food sources. It's, yeah, it uh, you can get into it and
0: yeah, which like. Something that was interesting to me, because we hunted some of not just the same area, we hunted some of the same properties, like yep. some of that walked some of the exact same fields. Yep. And the the cover differed from last year to this year.
1: Yeah, big time.
0: And and like I didn't know, you know, I mean, I knew pheasants, you know, upland. I kind of knew like tall grass, whatever. But mm-hmm. again, like just seeing the difference between where the pheasants were from this year, from last year to this year. Just like the first field we walked. The first mm-hmm. the first morning, first trip, the first field we walked, we went to like a spot that did us very good last year. Yep. And we we killed a few birds on it this time around, but not near as many. But one of the first things I noticed was I told me and you talked about it, I said the cover's not what it was.
1: No, it was last year it was there were a lot of spots in the lower sections and some of the hillsides that were easily shoulder height. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh and and just the density, you could tell it, you know, it, it was it was laid over a little bit. It was not nearly as dense as last year. And right mm-hmm. away, I was like, oh, I don't know about this. Yeah. You know, and that that goes back to, um, you know, just management. You can do yeah. a lot of things to help that every year. Burning is one of them, a yeah. big one out there, just to help kind of rejuvenate. Because like last year, that was kind of at its pinnacle. You can yeah. tell, and then just like a forest, it it'll slowly kind of degrade like that yeah. so um but yeah we it was it was a good setup walking the first pass we uh walking into the wind with the dogs along a cornfield it's like you know there should be yeah. birds here and there were but yeah not nearly the same thing
0: yeah which that's yeah. something that i picked up you like i noticed like the first field which i caught on to this last year but you were like you get a spot you're like what's the wind doing and i was like why are we worried about the wind mm-hmm. you know like you know but then i get it you know for the dog's sake that's you know they're smelling the birds which makes all the sense in the world but yeah like that's all like that's I taking more and more of that away is there's like so much more that goes into that than i realized
1: yeah i mean when you're just when you're when you get to a field just looking how the field lays out with terrain and then the wind direction and then also a big thing is you know obviously we on bigger chunks of public land it's not a as big of a deal but if you're hunting private ground you know, looking at where you're pushing these birds to, you know, because yeah. you, you're, I'm, I'm, when I approach a field, I'll look off in the distance and say, all right, you know, if we push this piece of cover into the wind here, where are those birds going to escape to? And are we going to be able to get onto them yeah. again? Right. That's, that's more applicable to, to pheasants than it is quail because quail yeah. generally don't go as far. Yeah. But, uh, and, the, and then this, the one thing that a lot of people don't think about is, you know you you want to go into the wind yeah but then all right what am i going to do when i get to the other side of the field are we just going to walk it back with the wind or just kind of making a plan yeah of how we're going to get back and you know all right we're going to work this into the wind work the top of the field with a crosswind and then all right we're going to walk the road back and then make another push yeah that's
0: we never like just like down and back made rows it was always like work this side then crosswind this then come back down Mm -hmm. and you'd eventually cover the whole field but you did it to where it was advantageous to both you and your dogs
1: yeah and and if you're gonna have to work in a downwind situation you know we did it i've had to do a few times we'll just pick up some of the marginal habitat where it's probably not likely to hold birds and work that Mm -hmm. downwind but you know and that's with multiple people it's a little bit i don't know it's a little bit harder because a lot of times when you're by yourself and you know, i'll just follow the dogs yeah and just kind of let them you know all right we're gonna go this way this you know but it's yeah. harder when you're with a group yeah with three people and, right and you kind of have to be a little <laughs> bit more
0: yeah because like several times me and and zach the other other buddy that was with us like <laughs> we would get kind of misconstrued as to how like we <laughs> would hear you whistle and you'd be like this way That'd be, oh my bad <laughs> Like we'd just kind of start veering off I'd be following Knox wherever he was going and but
1: yeah I felt like a bad you know like those guys that sit on the runway yeah with airplanes yeah I felt it was like my first day <laughs> on the tarmac, giving signals, and planes were crashing into each other.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's how terrible
1: so, air traffic controller.
0: Let's backtrack a little bit, because like like how how long have you been pheasant hunting?
1: Well, I, I grew up I from Minnesota originally, and I I pretty much grew up pheasant hunting. There are pictures yeah. of me uh, when I was too young to walk in the fields holding birds, and yeah. and so I've it's pretty much as long as i can remember yeah
0: because it didn't take like me long at all like to realize like after like well honestly after like the first rooster got up and me and zach both missed it and you were not happy with us uh-uh. at all <laughs> no it was so it was pretty too I think. yeah the dogs was.
1: went on point and it was like oh yes, yeah this is what we've been waiting for yeah herb
0: got that one yeah 100 and uh But I I was like, but aside from that, I was like, I was like, this is Ben's thing. Like, like you were like, I've been around you when you're deer hunting. I've been around you turkey hunting, duck hunting, all that. But like, I haven't seen you get that fired up and focused until like those pheasant trips that we've gone on. Yeah. That's like the most intense I've ever seen you be.
1: Yeah. You can really tell what somebody's passion is, is just watching them, whether it's, it's you with turkey hunting or whatever, with deer hunting, it's. And someone gets just in the zone, and you can tell that, all right, this is what I do. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that, like, yeah, it's my thing. It
0: was, and it made like it. I guess, like, probably I'm probably like skipping ahead here, but like, one of the main reasons I, I thought it would be good to talk about this because, like, I said, one, I don't think Upland Hunt gets the shine it deserves, but like, I had no clue, I, and it's, I had no clue it was that much fun. Like, no idea. Like, I thought it was something I just wanted to do. Like, yeah, I can yeah, mark that off the list. And- but it's like, after we went last year, I was like, I've got to do that again. Mm-hmm. And then add that into, like, I got to bring my own dog this year. Like, mm-hmm. if if you, like, the folks that are listening to this, like, if, you ha- if you're if you a dog person, like, I started, when I had Knox, I started enjoying duck hunting more. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. That made, watching him figure it out, watching your dogs, Herb and Annie, do what they do, it was like, it just made... Like it's a, it was a hunting experience that I'm not used to. Yeah, because you don't really get that in the closest thing you get to it would be waterfowl hunting, but it's still very different.
1: Yeah, it's you don't to me when you're pheasant hunting, it's more of an, an constant interaction with the dog because yeah. duck hunting they're they're sitting there most of the time. Yeah, and you know it's, their job is to go retrieve back and granted, like on some longer retrieve with hand signals, it gets yeah. But this you're you're constantly having to watch the dog and it's just it's a much greater connection i guess you could say oh for sure but uh you know that's one of the the big reasons why a lot of people start start upland hunting because
0: of dogs because of dogs i can say that biggest
1: ones yeah and uh you know like i said i grew up pheasant hunting but then we had our our short hair that died and you know it just didn't have the same shine that it used to have and just kind of fell out of it for a while then when i got annie and herb it was like
0: just you reignited know, yeah, it. Yeah, it
1: was a game changer.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. I get that because I just, like I, I had fun last year, but last mm-hmm. year compared to this year with Knox being there and watching, like I said, he had, that was his first try at it at all, mm-hmm. and just watching him kind of put it together, like blew my mind. Like because you, you were there, like that second day, the whole drive up there, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, what if he flushes a pheasant, and I manage to hit it and not <laughs> miss it, and he brings it back. But then I'm like, the whole time I'm like, Dude, that no wishful thinking, just be happy if he, you know, if he, if he just,
1: doesn't blow every bird exactly. Out of the, like if he, if he
0: stays in, you know, if he quarters good and stays close, you know, doesn't yeah. run out, just be happy with that. Um, uh, the first day he flushed a, a hen pheasant, yeah, which could, obviously we couldn't shoot it, you know, but I was happy with that. I was like, oh my god, I didn't even know he could do that, you yeah. know,
1: and you could just tell that, that, you know, at first he just didn't have any idea, yeah. zero idea what he was supposed to be no. doing. He was just having a good time running yeah. around but then after he flushed that hen and you know a few birds yeah. started to get up you could tell the wheels were spinning a little bit yeah. he's like oh yeah like, well oh, i, uh, I, I kind of
0: zach uh zach shot a quail and Knox happened to find it and that like fired him up he was oh, like yeah. he was like oh ah we're hunting hunting this you know is this isn't I'm like making... training like yeah we're hunting and then he flushed that pheasant and you could tell he was a little bit like why not why y'all not shoot at that but <laughs> but uh <laughs> but like the second day we were at the second field we'd started walking we'd flush some quails, shot some of those he you know i think I, he picked up one and yeah. Herb and Annie got a few and we started walking again and i i wa- and granted like i'm you know i don't want to sound like the 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 blind parent talking about how great his dog is yeah. like Herb and Annie we're far better at finding birds than him, but that's what they. I mean, like that's you've they, worked on yeah, them then, for yeah, that's doing what that. Bred for so, and- so like he would find birds, and I was like, but he wouldn't find them at the rate that they would because he, you know, he just hadn't been doing it as yeah. much. Um, but I still, you could. It was very evident when he found a bird, mm-hmm. you know. So like yeah. we're walking, he's just trotting along. All of a sudden, he just throws on the brakes and spins around and mm-hmm. like just starts. And he staring, He's about twenty five yards out in front of me. And I saw him do it. I'm like, there must, there's something right there. And he stared at it for a little bit longer. And then he took one step forward, and this big rooster flies up out of the grass. And by an act of God, I didn't miss it. Falls yeah. down. He goes and gets it, brings it back. I'm like, trying to not cry. I'm like, yes. <laughs>
1: Proud parent. Uh, but
0: I I, I I text um uh our our buddy Anthony Farrow, that we've yeah. had that we've had on the show here before, um and just told him I was like, dude. I I think I understand even more now the passion you have when you talk about this stuff. Yeah. Just because I was like having the dog there just made it so much better. Yeah. And it's, so it's, much it's better.
1: cool at the first, you know, first time you did it, didn't have, you know, didn't have knocks with, and yeah. you can kind of see how cool it was. But then, like we said, it's just that next step. And it's like, wow, it's yeah. a complete game changer. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. So like, what like how like if if you're from your point of view how difficult is it to kind of like break into upland hunting
1: you know in my mind there's there's two ways to go about it if you have a dog and yeah. if you don't have a dog and you know you don't need a world champion pointing dog to yeah. be an effective upland hunter It's whether it's you know you've got a labs a poodle whatever you know, you can mm-hmm. make them into serviceable yeah. upland dogs, or if you don't have one, there's a lot of guys that don't hunt with dogs and, yeah. and they're successful too. Um, So the th- big thing is, like I said, there's a lot of opportunities across the country for mm-hmm. hunting birds. It might not be pheasants, but whether it's grouse, quail, woodcock, uh, pheasants, th- there's there's opportunities in yeah. every single state to hunt them pretty
0: much. To some degree. Yep. Yeah.
1: Some better than others, obviously. But yeah. And it's really not, when you think of like waterfall hunting and, and deer hunting, it's, in my mind, it's not as in, equipment intensive no, as it's the not. other ones. Yeah. I mean, just like anything else, you, I, I could say, yeah, I go to the woods with a rifle and sit on a bucket and shoot a deer. Right. Yeah. But really, I mean, you don't really need a whole lot. mm A gun, a vest is nice. You don't need a vest, but it's nice. It's nice. Yeah. Shells and... A license, a good pair off. of boots to walk in, you know, yeah. yeah, and you're off, you're done, you're you're hunting, maybe a little gas in the tank, yeah. So it's it really doesn't require a huge monetary investment to start, Mm-mm. and then you know the next thing is just get out there and get yourself into the right area mm-hmm. and and look for birds, and there's a lot of good resources. Um, on the internet now ton yeah. of them whether it's game and fish websites facebook all these there's upland hunting groups yeah. and, and for the most part they're pretty good about getting you in the right area yeah
0: to yeah be dangerous so they, yeah they seem to be more of a uh open community whereas to like you know i mean i don't mean to talk bad about my own people but like whereas <laughs> like the turkey hunting community is kind of like well good luck yeah don't ask me where to go though <laughs> yeah exactly like oh yeah I, <laughs> you know what i mean hunt on the east side of the state yeah. i hunt in the united states what yeah. else do you want to know yeah, yeah yeah uh
1: you know yeah a little bit yeah a little bit more um uh, not to that extent but there's definitely still guys that uh, i guess i wouldn't be sitting here and giving out all my hot public land yeah, spots yeah. But, you know there's there's an there's enough yeah the resource is great enough that yeah I'll, you know i'll get you in the right direction make sure you don't have a bad hunt
0: right for sure yeah. so one thing that i thought about is like i've had you know everyone especially you know i can't generalize it but i know it like in least the southeast if someone's like introduced to hunting to some degree usually the first thing's always deer mm-hmm. that's like the most generalized thing which i get it's like the most reach it's the most um easy to it's you know easy to reach resource yeah there you go i was looking for it's the most accessible resource everyone can deer hunt pretty Mm -hmm. much you know to a degree um but then like how many people you run into they're like man just the deer hunting is just not for me you know like just sitting in a tree or in a box stand whatever just sitting there just not my thing Mm -hmm. and i you know what like i get that you know there's something like sometimes my add drives me crazy sitting in a tree that long you know yeah and whereas like this upland stuff you're moving you're thinking you're constantly like this field that field let's take this you know let's walk this ridge this way hey instead of getting on at one yeah. time you were like hey when we're walking uphill towards them i think these you know these pheasants that we're hunting were wild you're like i think they're running and that's why they're flushing so far out yeah. let's come over the t- hill and walk down and i think that'll work better you know it's yeah. like constantly changing
1: yeah all the yeah the tactics are changing and you just yeah. kind of play it by ear but it's it's nice because it's more so than deer hunting it's a it's social too yeah not you know while deer hunting is nice sitting in a tree stand it's it's nice to be able to all right let's stop at the tailgate chat for 15 minutes go walk some more and and just more interaction so Mm
0: -hmm. yeah i I mean i even told you i was like man if i lived here like i mean because it's a pretty good haul for us to go out there yeah it's like if i lived here i think i'd like bow hunt some during the rut and then other than that i'd be doing this yeah it's too much fun
1: it's a, it's just a riot. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, I mean, there's, there's in the southeast. I'm trying to think if we've got it the roughest for all the regions in terms of wild birds. And yeah. I think we're pretty close. I mean, it's nor the New England states. They have grouse. Mm-hmm. But we're pretty rough down here. Yeah. So we, it's what a 15. We drove about 15 hours out to Kansas. Mm-hmm. But.
0: It's a, it's a sad, like, hear, like, the up, the story of Upland hunting down here, from what I know. And I should get someone on here that knows more about it. But it, it's kind of a sad story, mm-hmm. you know, because I've heard, like, my grandparents and even, like, my, my dad talks about, so you know, our family. And you see, you see quail all the time. Yeah. And, like, now, uh, if you see a wild quail in Mississippi... You know, it's it's like a thing, like, I this. like yeah. flushed a covey. I saw a covey of quail. You're like, where? You know, like what? You know, and, and it's kind of, one of those things. I mean, there's still a hunting season for them, technically, but yeah. hardly no one does it because there's hardly any of them. And if you're on a property where you see one covey, you kind of don't want to shoot into them because you yeah, know, <laughs> they're
1: just they're cool. To, they're just cool yeah. to see. Yeah. I think what was it? I was ha- I was having truck issues or something, and you're like, oh well. You texted me what that that your cousin. Yeah, saw so a covey on
0: on our place of, in North your, Mississippi. Yeah. yeah,
1: and like, oh, I hope that makes you feel better. It's like, yeah, thank you. It sure does make me feel better.
0: <laughs> it does, man. Cause like, um, I can remember. I've told you this story. I was like uh nine or ten. I was deer hunting with my dad on a this like lane food plot that we made, and a covey about ten or eleven quail walked out into the food plot. Yeah, and we were, and I, I didn't even know what they were. and I did not know what dad had to tell me. He's like, "Those are quail." I was like. They are. I've never yeah. seen them before, you know. And he, he even then he told me, he goes, "You don't see them around here like you used to." No. And now they're even more sparse. But where uh, my cousin Jack had seen them, there's, like I said, they're still like in that area. They're historically been there. They're just not that many. Yeah. And it's a clear cut, and so it'd grow up, and it's all thick and stuff. And he he said he saw two coveys up there, you know, <laughs> which is pretty substantial for <laughs> yeah. for what we're used to seeing. So yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I don't know of any other state. Like I don't. I, I'm mad. I think Alabama's kind of in the same boat as we are.
1: Yeah, a- Alabama might be worse than Mississippi because at least we have a few more woodcock and we're closer to Louisiana. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. Sorry, Alabama and yeah, Florida.
0: <laughs> yeah, fall, yeah. What does what does Louisiana have? I know they got woodcock. Woodcock. And, that's yeah.
1: that's their big claim to fame. I can't remember what the percentage is, but they have the vast one of the largest percentage of wintering uh, woodcock in the nation. Yeah.
0: You went and did that, didn't you? Mm-hmm. You went out there and hunted some
1: last year. That was that was pretty dang fun. too. Yeah. It's just because I've hunted them up north in northern Minnesota and Wisconsin, and just different different covers and looking for different things and it made it a lot pretty interesting yeah so but you're never really that far away from some sort of upland species yeah. in the country so yeah. um uh, if you want to give it a shot it's it's the resources are out there to i would say do it,
0: it i'd say you owe it to yourself to do it just to see if you because i'm telling you it's it, it, God, it's fun yeah. one thing i will say and i'm not i'm not trying to step on any toes here but like I had done a few like release bird type hunts down here, which that's fine. I'm not, I'm not taking a stand yeah. against that. I'm just saying, I said up until the point when that's all I'd done, i am going yeah, i have done some upland hunting stuff before. Cause mm-hmm. I mean these are the kind where they've been I mean, like released and they tried the best to like reciprocate the kind of cover they would live in. And so it was supposed to be like close to as realistic as wild conditions as possible. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I've done that before. Don't get me wrong. I had a good time. It was fun. I would do it, you know, I'd do it again down here, but you need to go out and try the wild stuff.
1: Yeah. It's, it's hard to hold a candle to how those, you know, the wild, especially quail. Yeah. Behave in the wild versus pen raised quail. Yeah. Night and day difference.
0: Which like, it's like the last day that we hunted out there, um, weather came in pretty hard. All of a sudden, it was like, when we got there, it was like, what, like 50 degrees? It was comfortable. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, was it was nice. It was yep. nice, comfortable, it was clear. No, it was
1: 60 degrees when we got yeah, there the yeah, first some, day.
0: Yeah, something like that. And um, the last day, the weather started coming in the second, the latter part of the second day. And then the last day we were there, like, winter showed up big time. Mm-hmm. Was snowing. There was snow on the ground, yep. windy, cold. And uh, we started putting together a pretty good number of pheasants for Mm -hmm. the for the three of us and out there you can kill four roosters a day Mm -hmm. so three man limit to be 12 you know and uh i remember we had we'd gone to that uh one spot and i think we had we had six yep we had you know between the we had a collective you know six and and then we started but i remember we had like three more to go and uh we had at this point it had started snowing and sleeting we were all soaking wet yeah. the dogs were soaking wet some of the dogs they, i mean like because what we were doing i mean we pretty much the three days that we hunted like we got up we started pushing fields at daylight yeah in kansas
1: you can start at at sunrise yeah so.
0: and we would take usually a, a lunch break of some sort but we, I mean, we were hunting all day yep and so the dogs were starting to show a little bit of fatigue. Oh, we yeah. were we were all kind of tired, but we were like, and we were like it was wet, freezing cold. And we were like, we can get three more pheasants. Like we, yeah. <laughs> we can figure this well, out.
1: Well, yeah, because it was after that first field, it started. It was like sleeting, yeah. a little bit of rain, and Zach's dog Goose got sprayed by a skunk. Uh huh. So you guys had to go back and get his kennel. Yeah. And I was sitting at the top of the hill at the next field, and I was just like man, do I really want to go out and slog through this rain yeah. and to shoot a few birds? And I, it took a little while to get out of the truck. But then after <laughs> after we started walking, it was like, okay. Yeah.
0: Yep. Well, and then what will, like, energize you is, like, like for me, like I mean, I'm starting, like, the, the voice inside my head is, like, because, like, all the grass and stuff was wet. And so – all the front of my pants were wet, mm-hmm. so I mean, like I'm frigid cold. It, I mean, you know, the winds hit me, so I'm like, fr- I'm, I'm like starting to like kind of complain inside my head. Then I look, and then there's like Knox, who realizes we're going hunting again, and he's just like ecstatic. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, how can I? I'm like, all right, we can do this. So I was like, if he can be that excited, he's the one that's got to have mm-hmm. his nose down in the grass, you know? Yeah, I can <laughs> I can make it. We can do this. And yeah. so as Zach was the last one, we had one rooster left. And uh, your uh, Garmin went off, told you Herb was on point. And I remember you were like, wait, you were waving around. You're like, where's Herb? Where's Herb? And I saw him. About that time I saw him, I could see that tail sticking up. Yeah. Flush. Rooster calls. Zach sees him, raises, boom, falls. And we were all like, yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. We were just talking about this earlier, but it's like, you know, limits. It's like, yeah, whatever. But I don't know, I was – had the bloodlust going on, or something. Yeah. It's just like, okay, that felt so good to.
0: Yeah. Well, it was, it was like, and that's what I was relating to. Like the, 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 the pin release thing, you know, I mean, obviously that day we shot a limit mm-hmm. and I had a good time. That is no comparison to how that felt that day. No. When mm-hmm. we had worked that hard at the end of a three day trip, all of us, you know, like in the weather like that, when Zach shot and that pheasant went down, I was like, <sighs> yeah. It felt so good. Yeah, it, it just
1: yeah. I don't know. It's like a it's
0: gratifying. Yeah,
1: it was. I it's mean, like a different
0: we, level of gratifying.
1: Yeah, because I mean, I think on on the Garmin Annie and her, we're, I mean, the dogs were doing about twenty five yeah. miles a day. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, and they were doing awesome, and it's fun to to be able to put it all together like that. Yeah,
0: it's it's probably like I said. I, I honest, that's I mean that feeling whether it be the limit that day or seeing Knox flush that pheasant the day before that's the same level of gratifying for me as it was like when I shoot a buck with my bow, mm-hmm. like it's, it's the same, you know, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's there.
1: Yeah. When everything it, for me, especially it's when everything kind of comes together. It's yeah. a guard, you drive up to a spot. You can, you're just kind of looking at the, you know, the maps online, aerial imagery, and then you get out to the field and you're looking at and you kind of make a game plan. Right dogs get out the dogs do they their job yeah go on point whatever and then you shoot the bird it's it's the same thing as deer hunting when you can create that whole plan and it all just works yeah that's that's the best part yeah
0: because i can only i mean like i'm I'm imagining you know you i mean how how many hours have you put into herb oh gosh working with herb
1: i don't it's kind of like how much money have you spent on hunting yeah. <laughs> it's just one of those things you just don't yeah. count you yeah because it's know. like
0: like if you've uh any of the folks that follow me on instagram have seen herb on there i'm sure because herb and herb and knox are basically the same age and they're wrestling all the time yeah but so then this is this would be did he hunt last season
1: yeah he was he was born in april so he's like six months old
0: during yeah. hunting season yeah 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 because he was with us yeah t- yeah there's pictures yeah. yeah but man golly he did good this year
1: yeah, he just he just really came into his own because last year you know it's kind of like Knox. It was his first season; he was figuring it out. Right. Like, but this year it was just like, oh my gosh, what happened to you?
0: Yeah, I don't. He it was like watching him cover ground. You're just like, how do you not get tired, dog? Mm-hmm. Like how how are you still this happy to be hunting?
1: Yeah, and and just he was covering ground. and He was using his nose really well, which. A lot of dogs, you know, they could be a big, big running dog, run fast, but they they can outrun their nose. Yeah. But Herb was doing. He was covering the ground, and he was wasn't ripping a lot of birds, wasn't bumping birds, and for pheasants, that's saying something. Yeah. So And well, he, it was cool because you could tell when he would pin one down. That was <laughs> the funnest part because you, you know you could tell when those birds, you know, I'd, I'd yeah. He'd see me start running.
0: Yeah, that's what like I guess. There's things, so many things I learned, like i had no clue like i knew it was all about like you're you're supposed to flush them you find them you flush them and you shoot them well these wild pheasants will run yeah like they'll they'll get up and like the dogs will be doing like they're supposed to and the bird will run and flush 100 yards out yep and they're just trick they're crafty like that and like i said there's so many different facets to it that i that i didn't realize yeah that they'll only hold you know and so like when you saw her block in on one like that and flush it you're like yes it worked yeah
1: yeah and that's you know that's one of the things getting into it especially this is a pheasant thing quail are a little bit more gentlemanly they'll they'll hold the when the dog goes on point a lot of times you could sit there eat lunch have some coffee and go and shoot them but pheasants is a different deal and and pace is a big thing that you'll learn it's something you can talk about a little bit and and understand but once you get out there and see it your light switch really goes off it's like yeah 100%. Certain types of cover, you know, you walk slower than others. Like last year, and even this year to an extent, some of that thicker cover, you can't, you know, you can't work it slow enough. And and a lot of the times people just, you know, I'll get into it. I'll start walking fast. And you got to think be like, okay.
0: You told me to slow down one time. I saw you like motion to me. I looked over and you just kind of like motion your hand. You're like, slow down. I was like, oh, sorry. mm Mm-hmm.
1: Cause you know, that cover, for example, you know, we're walking and we're 50, 60 yards apart and yeah. you know, we had four dogs, but still that a lot of that cover was so thick mm-hmm. and especially in the snow like that, those birds like to hold. Yeah. And so a lot of the times, you know, we had a couple instances where birds were flushing behind, behind us. us. So and that's, yeah. that's a big thing you got to know. It's like, all right, I need to slow down, take it easy. Cause we're missing birds. Yeah. But then, you know, there's situations where you can tell the dogs getting birdie and and that that pheasant is running. Yeah. So that's when you see me start to Yeah. you know, get on my horse and, yeah. and roll cuz I'm trying to I know that pheasant is running away from us and
0: Yeah. Well, I feel like I've progressed to that a little bit. Like the first day, I would just look up I'd be like, "Why is he walking that fast?" <laughs> and then like by the second day, I was like, I don't know i'm still not 100 sure he's walking that fast but i should probably walk fast too <laughs> and then <laughs> but then like by the third day i remembered like a lot of times we figured this out like if you're if you're walking you know like we would sometimes we'd get right on the edge if it was like butted up to a cut cornfield yeah and we'd get close to where that field ended several times like right before you get to that where the cover ends those birds that would run it's like they'd run right up to the edge and then when you got like 50 60 yards away they start flushing yeah and if you you know they're too far out you'd be like dang you know and so a lot of times like you told us like when you get to that edge like try not to be talking to the dogs try not to be talked like try to ease eat and try to get as close as you can so when they flush at that edge you'll be right there well like we were easing our way up to the edge all of a sudden the rooster flushes in front of you you have to turn around to shoot yeah and we're like 70 yards away from the end. I'm like, crap, they're going to start flushing. So I started taking out towards the end of that cover. But I was like, at least I'm starting to put that together yeah, a little yeah, bit. That, that's exactly, yeah, yeah,
1: that's huge. Yeah. And that's just stuff that it's hard to learn, you know, on the Internet yeah. or whatever. you got to go out and do it. But yeah,
0: boots yeah. on the ground.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and circling back to, you know, talking about the dog deal, it's like that is – that again is why it makes it so much fun oh, yeah. just is being able to read those dogs and you know it's kind of it's a team effort yeah so to be able to 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 read what that dog's doing and then make the you know yeah correct determination and go after yeah. or slow down or whatever that's what's super gratifying
0: yeah it was like by the like by the end of the trip I, I knew, like, I, I know you know because he's your dog. Like, I, by the end of the trip, like, probably, like, the second day in, like, I knew when Herb was, like, mm-hmm. there, when he's getting birdie and, they're, like, he's on one. Like, honey, you can tell yeah. just by watching him. It's so fun.
1: Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's every dog is different, but it's, like, y- the fun thing is, you know, Herb, for example, he'll stop, and it looks like he's on point, but his tail is wagging a uh-huh. little bit. And it's, like, now he's not. Just keep going. And yeah. how a few times Zach was, like, you know, gun ready, just walking. I was like, Zach, don't, don't... Well, I would do it, too. Yeah.
0: The first time I saw him do it, I didn't know. I saw him yeah. doing, like, the kind of the pointing thing. But you were like... And I was like, what? And then you, we after we... well that field? We talked, and you are like, if you ever see him and he's doing that and his tail's still wagging, don't even worry about it. Yeah. And it was right. If you saw him doing that, though, and that tail was just sticking out there, yeah. there's a bird of some sort. Yeah. Quail, pheasant, something.
1: Yeah, and that's, you know, something different. Like, uh, a lot of the times, goose... Uh, his tail would be flagging just a little bit, and he was on a bird. So, yeah. just yeah. every dog's different. It's something yeah. you learn, but just that interaction is cool. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah.
0: <sighs> but yeah, like I, I still, I think, I think we covered everything I wanted to cover. But like a hundred percent, if if the upland thing is, some, if you have not tried it, you need to try it. Yeah, and there's there's like you said, there's plenty of resources out there. If you want, if one, if you want a really good resource, is someone like that you can get some like constant updates from, or fetching feathers. Yep, Anthony, Anthony Farrell. F- yeah, if you want to like follow somebody that loves upland hunting, and you can kind of get a good feel of how fun it can be, go follow that dude's page.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't think I have that much fun doing it.
0: <laughs> that dude he loves is it.
1: Over the top, he loves it. Yeah. But uh, another great resource, as I forgot to mention, probably one of the better ones, is to join Pheasants Forever or Quail yeah. Forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a fantastic organization. It's boots on the ground. They're they're doing habitat work in the area you live in. So yeah. you'll you know a lot of the times on the map on Onyx, you'll see you know Pheasants Forever. So they actually bought that ground they're turned it into pheasant hunting for you and me
0: yeah yeah and
1: and on top of that if if you're new to it you know it's it's cheap to join like yeah super cheap so and with that you go to the banquet you go to the meetings and you've pretty much met 50 whatever passionate hunters that are yeah. going to be more than happy to take you along and show you the ropes, so I mean, yeah. there's there's very few people in my mind that I've ever met that wouldn't help you. If you're somebody that's new that just wants to go, it's like, man, I, I can't imagine say if someone came up to me and be like, man, I really want to start going pheasant hunting. Can you yeah. take me, show me how to do it? I'd be like, yeah, of course yeah. I'll show you how to do it.
0: You're not going to find someone who's just going to be like, no. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah.
1: So that that's a great resource yeah. to lean on. But, yeah, there's there's birds everywhere.
0: Yeah, and it's, like, it's honest to God, one of the funnest things I've done. Yeah. For sure. Like, that trip, like, I don't know for necessarily to be to Kansas every year. We'll go wherever we can. But, like, I'm going to go some form of upland hunting yeah. every year because I can't not now that I've tried it. Yeah,
1: it's, it's just a ride. But I know, so I know a lot of people are going to be wondering because this is what upland hunters always think about. They always ask, oh, how are the bird numbers? Yeah how are the bird numbers here or there? And this year I'll have to say in that, that portion of we're in North Northwest Kansas yeah. and bird numbers. Th- if you want, if you're a quail guy this year is the time to go yeah. hunt quail just cause yeah. you know, their, their populations fluctuate quite a bit and we were doing probably 20 plus coveys a day. Yeah. I was talking to, unreal.
0: I was talking to Cody about it. And uh, like I said, Cody that, that, runs the place that we were at and Cody's I said dude y'all had plenty of quail last year I said it's exponential Mm -hmm. the the growth of He said yeah man it's crazy they're everywhere they were like they were I was like good gosh there's a lot of quail
1: yeah I mean we were running into last year probably like three or four coveys a day yeah mostly working pheasant habitat yeah but this year working a lot of that same ground we were in way 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 more quail than we were yeah then we started walking some quail stuff and
0: had some success yeah
1: yeah I mean every spot that looked like there'd be quail there was a there was a covey there yeah so that was fantastic and then the bird pheasant numbers I don't know what I'd say were probably pretty on par with last year yeah they were good in my mind last year. yeah they were
0: great yeah we didn't we didn't ever struggle to find birds it was just a matter of You know, either me shooting straight, or you know, whether they wanted to run or not. You know, too soon, too soon, (laughs) too soon. (laughs) Yeah, I missed. I will say, like the so, like the first day was like just a whole day of me like trying to get my act together. Like uh, Herb threw a point, and I was walking up there. Herb was on point. Knox ran in there and flushed it. And I'm talking like the bird, this rooster pheasant flushes like. In my face, like flies straight up, and then just kind of like I mean, like I mean, it was a chip shot. Yeah, and I did not touch him. <laughs> Thank God you were standing there with a loaded gun, because <laughs> I mean, like I don't, I didn't touch a feather. I still don't know. I don't know what I. Th- I don't think I was like. Think I was like try to shoot him from the hip. I don't know what I did, but I was like, no. Uh,
1: oh, there he goes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, go, boom, boom. Ben goes boom. Yeah. pheasant falls like well at least you got him <laughs> yeah
1: god the i think it was like the we we got out of the truck and we weren't more than 150 yards and two roosters got up together yeah. and flew right across you and zach and it was boom 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 It was like, yeah hmm.
0: that's the one that poor thing i blew his tail feathers off yeah
1: it's like hmm, this is gonna be an interesting walk <laughs> could be more
0: of a uh, had to get my act together more man. of a
1: sightseeing adventure i was too
0: excited yeah. As Ben goes, hey, this isn't National Geographic. We're hunting. <laughs> <laughs> was like, Thanks, Ben.
1: Yeah. <laughs> got a little intense, a little fired <laughs> up. That's
0: <laughs> how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Oh, all right, guys. Well, I think we're gonna wrap this up. Uh, as always, if you have any questions, send it into the Facebook or the Instagram page. Uh, look up those resources we told you about: fetching feathers, pheasants forever, quail forever, um, and yeah, that'll do it. Thank you all for listening to the Speak the Language podcast.